This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. 17 weeks, four quarters, 60 minutes, and it all leads up to one winning, winning try. Again, they go to Jacksonville to play the Jaguars, who are uh, currently sitting at 8 and 5, two games behind in terms of the seeding. Uh, situation. They are currently the fourth seed in the AFC. Let's start with the Ravens offense against the Jaguars defense. Uh, this is a defense that once again has another really good pass rusher and uh, Josh Allen. Not that Josh Allen. If you don't know this defense of <laughs> Josh Allen and you maybe you need to kind of watch some highlights. This, good, this guy is the real deal. He's a very good football player. And um, you know how I feel about this Ravens offense in terms of um, neutralizing pass rushes. I thought that they did a really good job with Aaron Donald for the most part in the Rams game. Um, and so now you go into uh, Jacksonville and look, you know, Aaron Donald to me is generational. Josh Allen, I think is a fantastic football player. Trey Walker hasn't really been the guy that I thought, that, I think that they thought that he was kind of like away in terms of like, mm-hmm. they drafted him based on potential. And as of yet, he has not done, he has not, lived up to the potential of what the Jags thought that he would be. So now you got the Ravens uh, coming in this, this weekend who I still am not really sure what it is they want to do. I think that the Ravens offense just be on vibes. (laughs) You can say that about anybody. You can really say this about any team, right. And that you go by the feel of the game, but in terms of like what it is that they want to do, they still, they'll run and then not get with the flow of the run. They'll pass, but not get with, the flow of the pass. They just be out there bobbing. But somehow, some way, it ends up working. The last uh, five of six games, they've scored 30 points or more. So I guess we can't complain there. Although you already know my issue has been they got to get better um, with the offensive line moving down the stretch. One thing we did notice in the Rams game was the rotation of the left tackle situation between Ronnie Stanley and Patrick McCarry. How did you feel about that, Cordell? I was okay with it. And I mean, and really both of the tackles, you know, Morgan Moses and Falele were in rotation as well. I think think that's the way that they're going to have to kind of play it with those two guys, both veterans, both playing through injuries right now. Um, I don't know how, how long it'll go. You know, I don't know if they'll go into the postseason continuing to do that. I would imagine that they'll probably let those guys ride it out at that point, but we'll see. But Harb said, you know, it was, uh, the offensive line coach, coach uh, Joe D's idea and the players were on board with it. And, you know, I think kind of like what we've talked about with some of these defensive guys like Jadavian Clowney and uh, Kyle Van Noy and those guys, like less is more for, for, yeah. for some guys, you know, you, you're able to keep them fresh. And John Harbaugh said that was a big part of their thinking 
with that tackle rotation was that they wanted those guys to be fresh for the fourth quarter, which they were. You think back to that fourth quarter on Sunday, quite a few plays where Lamar Jackson is sitting back there eating his lunch, surveying the field, and taking his sweet time deciding on what he's going to do with the football. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they continue to keep that going. I completely agree. So uh, we've seen the um, emergence. And ter- I don't want to say emergence. That's not the right word that I want to use. But we've seen guys like Odell. We've seen guys like Zay. Even guys like Nelson Aguilar where the statistics don't really show out. But his leadership um, plays a big role into what it is that they've been doing lately. Really um, come to form at the end of that Rams game. And then they go to Jacksonville, uh, who uh, we talked prior to the starting. Their their DVOA on defense, I believe, was um, eighth, if I'm not mistaken. It is. And you were like, eh, I don't really like that. I, I, I feel some type of way. It ain't. That's more precedented or what they were doing earlier in the season, not later in the season. So explain why you feel that way. Yeah, I mean, you you look at it, especially at home. First of all, Jacksonville is not a good team at home this year. I, I, I know they have um, a losing record at home. Uh, and right now they're going up against the Ravens offense as hot. You mentioned it. They've scored, what, thirty over 30 points in five of their last six games. Well, the Jacksonville Jaguars have given up 30-plus in three of their last five games. So that right there probably mm. isn't Including a good the Bengals thing. in overtime. Exactly. Backup quarterbacks. I mean, you look at some of these offenses. You got Joe Flacco, who just tore them up for 31 yep. points this past Sunday as well and definitely can't forget what the Niners did to them a few weeks back, uh, 34 to three at home in Jacksonville as well. So I like, I like this matchup between the Ravens and the Jaguars, at least when you look at the Ravens offense against the Jags defense, you mentioned Josh Allen. He's a legit threat. 13 and a half sacks on the season is no fluke. He's not just fumble, you know, stumbling into 13 and a half sacks. The dude's legit. Um, but you feel good about, we just mentioned the rotation that they have on the outsides now. I would imagine that they're going to continue to do that Sunday night, keep those guys fresh because Josh Allen has one of the best motors in the league. He's strong. He's got a great swim movie. He just knows how to share blockers very quick and get to the quarterback. Um, I think that the Ravens are going to still try to push the ball down the field. I think they're going to throw the ball quite a bit in this game against Jacksonville. I think that they're going to be the Ravens offense that we've been seeing. You you talked about it. it you don't really know almost what their identity is at this point still. And the same can be said for Jacksonville's offense as well. You don't really know what their identity is at this point. But for the Ravens, I always go back to Todd Munkin's introductory press conference when he was talking about, uh, you know, what balance means to him. And balance to him is being able to throw the ball when you want, and being able to run the ball when you want. And I think that's kind of how the Ravens are going to operate. I think they want the ball in Lamar Jackson's hands. So whether yeah. that means him throwing the ball 40 plus times or taking off and running close to 15 times, that's what they want. They're going to live and die by Lamar Jackson. And Lamar's looking pretty good these days. Um, so I, I think that they're going to go out there and try to stretch the field. I think that they're going to try to hit, hit on some uh, deep shots. Uh, this isn't a Jacksonville secondary that scares you. I think as long as Lamar can get time, he'll be able to kind of pick that that defense apart. 
and Lamar said, you know, um, in the post game from Sunday, like, you know, I saw guys getting open and I got a little, a little bit excited, I guess, leading uh, regarding to the missed opportunities down the field when he was throwing the deep ball. So it, you got to assume that, you know, hopefully he can calm down just a little bit so he can get the opportunities of connecting while, and look, I know, I understand three of the longest passes in last uh, Sunday, last week's game came from Ravens, I understand. But we also can recognize that there were some throws downfield that were missed. Uh, and and look, it happens, right? So ultimately, you hope that Lamar, uh, you know, doesn't get as giddy this week when he sees somebody that's wide open, because it's possible that you might find the same situation. And just be, you know, take your time. Don't get too excited. Just let your progressions flow, and hopefully you guys can make some connections moving down the field. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, I saw – I can't remember. I saw a tweet today, um, and it, I guess it had a kind of a screenshot from an article. Not sure who wrote the article. Can't even remember who posted the tweet. Um, I saw it in passing. But it had a description of, I guess, one of the MVP voters' thoughts on Lamar. And I think at the start of the season, the MVP voter had Lamar in the tier three category. And he said right now he has him in the tier two category. But what he said was, you know, Lamar is going to miss on throws. He has his moments where he's going to miss on throws. But on the back end, he more than makes up with it with the throws that he does end up making. And then obviously the plays that he makes with his legs. So, yeah, he may not hit on every deep ball. He may not hit every open wide receiver. But throughout the course of that 60-minute game, Lamar Jackson is going to make so many spectacular plays that it, in the end, I think it will end up overriding the negative plays that he may have had earlier.